You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Nice to meet you. Or or shall I say Champion McGuire? Uh, you can say that. You can say, you can, you know, I will never turn down a Champion McGuire address. Sean is the uh, the big champ. He's the... Number one, the title holder of our salary cap league, and and I have the as I say the most solo champions uh, championships in the league because I because I don't need help. This is this is a little window into Sean's psyche. Mm. Farhan has I'll I'll, I'll complete the thought. Don't okay. worry, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Farhan. Uh, uh, could argue has more championships than you, right? I think he could argue he has the same because oh, he, 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 he wasn't even in the league when, when one of them came about. Okay. So, but Farhan for several years had a co-owner. Yes. And so this is the argument Sean is laying down that he has the most solo titles. Yeah, I don't need help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Hey, there's a there's a Kennedy championship this year too i was literally that's why that's why in the doc it says championships plural my kids were very sad to learn uh that the kennedy curse is over so what they weren't sad that they didn't win the championship no they played for the last place they played they were in the toilet bowl (laughs) they're sad because they can't make fun of uh of the kennedy family any longer I'm sure they'll find a way, but, find, but at least not about not not about year. that. No, 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 no. Your your uh, your younger son uh, won a title going away. It sounds like so. that's right. Yep. So I'm I'm real, real proud of my boy. How'd you do? Um. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about this league. The salary this league, cap yes, league. this league. Yeah. So the overall, the overall did, did you overall did it feel like a successful campaign? Um. It. No, I had a really bad year in, in the, the old redraft league that right. you used to be in. Yeah. Um, just really bad. Uh, and then I, in my family league, so yeah. that's like my brother and a bunch of his relatives, right. uh, I was the best team. I had the you best You normally team. dominate that league, right? That's well, my it's, understanding. It's 10. That's what I hear from you. <laughs> it's 10 teams. They're, this they is have, like the league. It's like eight <laughs> it teams. A, it's kind of like the league. There, there are people in that league. I, I don't remember who's who because I see them literally once a year. Most wow. of them. Aren't these relatives? I know, and hopefully they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're like distant relatives of my brother. Tell me one specifically that you don't do not remember, so that if he or she is listening, you, they can they can know. No, there's there's I mix up Ashley and. Um, I don't care. Jamie. See? All right. Okay. So there you go. I, I mix them up and I, I, anyway, that's boring. But, uh, 
I had the, I had a really good actually, team. I, actually, I think it's not boring because I think it's this is audio is going to be sent out. <laughs> Stop. I had a, I had the best team in that league, and and then in the semifinals, I had Amari Cooper, and I was just like, do I start Amari Cooper or Garrett Wilson? So. Uh, Garrett, the answer is, of course, Amari Cooper. Well, Garrett Wilson had been solid for like. Do you know like, whose quarterback is? You know, Amari Cooper had Joe. Here's the, here's the thing. I all all of that absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm but, just messing with you. But Garrett Wilson was playing Washington that week. Mm, oh my God! No it's, defense. No defense, right? So I'm like, he's good for at least 12 points. He can go up from there. Um, I'm, I already had a lead because I, I had a guy play on Thursday night. So I'm like, I'm just going to go the safe route. <laughs> and that's that's the week that uh, Amari Cooper had like 250 yards and what, two touchdowns or something. He, had, he scored four, almost 45 points on league. my bench. That's and I, tough. And I lost my semifinal game. So, yeah, it's, it's a... Oh, it's a tough year this year. That's a that is a tough way to go out in the playoffs. It is. It I, is. I was I was contemplating all sorts of terrible things when I had DK on my bench when he had a really big game earlier this year, um, and I still won the game, but I was still just so mad, right? Like you just can't, you know, you just you you're like why would I do this? Like you then you like you go through the other mindset of of the hindsight being 2020 and of course it was a terrible idea. Why would, why would I do anything but play DK Metcalf? Why would you do anything but play Amari Cooper? That's, that's how you do it. That's how the mind works. That's right. I'm sorry. Thank you, Sean. But once again, you provided very good therapy for me. Well, you know, and, and just to make sure we leave on a high note, let's just remind people that I won the championship. (laughs) Way to go champ. Yeah, there you go. Hey, it's good to be back in the saddle, Sean. We we haven't had an episode for quite a while. There's you know been a little bit of the uh, wintertime sicknesses, yeah, making their way through us. Some trips have gotten in the way. Yep. So it's good to be back. What we have today is a a New Year's resolution sort of episode for you, fantasy resolutions here at the beginning of January. So we took a look at. Our seasons, maybe some mistakes that we made or things that we want to remember. And I didn't make any mistakes. Like when you look at, back <laughs> at it, like there's certain things that I, I, at the time I thought I should do, but in retrospect, when you win the championship, you made zero, zero. mistakes. Well, it's hard to argue that. Well, but, I, but I've got resolutions for other people. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> I have fantasy resolutions for myself. I okay. think I think these are personal ones. At least a couple of them are. All right. All right. So my first resolution, Sean, is. I don't want to forget my D's. I, I haven't heard that you've been forgetting your D's. I haven't really, but this goes back to an episode we had a little while ago when you're evaluating your team to remember the four D's of evaluating your team. So just as a quick recap, the D's are, are dis- your team's distance from the pack. You know, where are you really at? Are there deviants? There are four D's? Yeah, there's four D's. Not just... To There's, use the fourth letter of the alphabet. It's I just didn't mm. know if you had tried that on purpose. Thanks, Rain Man. Yeah. Um, are there deviants on your team? Meaning, are there players who are mm. over or underperforming, uh, largely, greatly over or underperforming? And there's not an explanation for it. So watch out for that. Uh, delusions. You you gotta endeavor to be really honest with yourself. And what does your team really look like? But the D. The D that I forgot this year was depth. Mm. 
I went into this season with a with a good looking team, a team that for sure it had a good shot at the playoffs, and who knows from there, right? I think my team is a, a classic and, example of of, uh, of who knows from there because I did not have the best regular season team this year. No, Justin Bodie, who's been on the podcast, outscored the rest of the league by like two hundred points. Yeah. I mean, so, having the top running back and the top three wide receivers tends to do that. Exactly. And the top kicker. And the top kicker. And he had the top quarterback till Kirk Cousins got hurt. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of kicking everybody's maybe he, tail. Maybe he should have focused on that fourth D as well. Well, maybe. I, I think, you know, this is the make the playoffs anything can happen scenario. But I had just Joe Burrow at quarterback. I did make some efforts during the season to pick some people up. I put Dak Prescott on my roster at one point, but I violated one of your resolutions, which you're going to talk about later. <laughs> and I just, I, I overspent for him. And yeah. I, ha- I had to let him go to make something else happen on my roster. So I ended up with no backup for Joe. When he went down, man, they're just, it I- was, it was, in in, Worse in, in your defense, normal. in your defense, you it wasn't like you weren't trying to get a backup. No, you contacted me. I'm sure you contacted others. Like oh, yeah. you, you were aware of this. This wasn't this wasn't like you forgot about it. You just didn't follow through on it. I think I didn't make it happen. You didn't make it happen. So, I guess my resolution is if I if I really feel like I've got a shot at a championship, uh, I just have to make. So, Things happen. So you had Dak at this high salary um, because you picked him up. He got one of the guys in the league cut him. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. But um, well, he was he didn't start as strong as he finished. I get it, but it's also yeah, it's no. also a guy that we'll get into this with one of my others. Um, but like, it's not like people don't know what Dak Prescott is, right? So he's not a guy you cut. Um, Unless you have him at too high a salary, and what was the salary move that you? What was the move you had to do to that where you needed to cut Dak? Because is, is that a choice you could have just been like, I'm going to live with this high salary backup? I, I, Brees Hall had started out on my taxi squad this and year. You had to find space for him, and I needed to activate him, and that yeah. was, I thought, at the time, Dak was not sure what Dak ended up being, and. Right. I thought I can save save some money or pick him back up cheaper, because because when I picked him up, uh, I overbid everybody else by like two million dollars, like eight percent of our and cap. You probably cut him, and then he probably had like a big week that week. That happens all the time. Yeah, and, then... and I rebid on him and did not get him. So yeah. somebody else overbid on him. So anyway, that's what happened. To the me. same guy that cut him originally, I think. It could be. All right, what's your first resolution, Sean? Well. It's going to tie into into this a little bit. Um, this is not a resolution for me. This is a, this is like a gift I'm giving. <laughs> I'm put, this, this is are we, are, this is also the Christmas episode, so sure. we're putting this one under the tree. Um, it might be a Thanksgiving episode too. I don't know. I don't remember the last episode we released. <laughs> what would you do for Thanksgiving? We have to, next year maybe. Um, stop bidding too much on free agents. Um, basically in our league, this is a, a thing that several people do. One person does it serially. Um, and that's bidding top dollar on free agents. And really, um, 
you know, like maxing out what you have under, uh, in terms of available space under the cap, um, or just a huge number to guarantee that you're going to get that player. And you're talking like in season free in agency. In season free agency. You know, yeah. yeah. Like blind bidding. Yeah. Yeah. We do ours blind bidding. Um, you know, uh, and in that salary sticks with, with the player. I guess you could have a system where using some kind of fab dollars or something like that. I don't, I don't know how that would work with a salary cap league, but presuming you're going to be filling up your, your salary cap with whatever you, you spend, uh, you really should only spend top dollar in three scenarios. One, your contender and this player is needed. So for I'll pull an example from my roster this year is uh, J.K. Dobbins goes down, and I spent a large amount of money on Gus Edwards, who I think I only played once or twice. But one more injury, and I would have had to go there, and he would have been worth it. But it was it was a it was a it was a necessity move that I, I, you know I knew I was a contender. And, and you did what you had to do I to, did what to I had have to do. the depth that we just talked about. Right. To make sure that I wasn't going to, you know, you get another injury, Ken Walker goes down, something like that, then now suddenly I don't have enough running backs. So that's a fine reason to overspend on a free agent. Uh, like Gus I was a short-term play. I have no intention of keeping him next year. I, It, it was just a player that I, a band-aid that I needed for this season. And we don't have any cap penalties to worry about in our league. In terms of cutting? Yeah, yeah. like I get to cut them. Yeah. It's not a big Just deal. Just for no. Yeah. Um the other uh another second scenario is you're a contender and you're actually playing defense. So like if I was in your division and there was I might spend a bunch of money on Dak Prescott just to deny him from your roster. Mm-hmm. Um and and it, there's the only reason to do that. You better be a contender because if you're if you're playing that game, and you're you're out of it, you're in rebuild mode or something like that. Then then there's like that's not a rationale that does you any good. Like maybe it feels good to mess with somebody, but it doesn't actually help you build a team. Um, and then you know if you do that, like if you can cut the player later, um at some point in time and maybe your rival, you know, your rival doesn't have the roster flexibility to make a move. Then, then you can do that later. Then you can get your own flexibility back and he'll be safely on someone else's roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is if you're not a contender and you can sell that asset for a profit. And so that's not, that's kind of cutting against what I was saying. Cause you're not really spending top dollar. Right. Cause you, the- you might sell, you might acquire the player for a large salary, but if it's not something that someone can fit on their roster or is worth them to give you an asset, then there's no point to it. So then this guy, not, he's not tradable then. This guy in the league regularly does this, and now he's got a bunch of basically roster cloggers that maybe are talented and could maybe be used by somebody, but nobody can acquire you. you nobody can fit them on their roster or. Even if they they could, they they wouldn't, and so you now have just used some roster space that you could be. It'd be far better off to bid a minimum, throw a minimum bid on on somebody who has done absolutely nothing, in the hopes that maybe 
they they come around. Maybe right. maybe it they they earn a job. Maybe it's a Thai Chandler or something like that where um, you wasn't we're getting nothing out of the person and you're playing a long game and just hoping it pans out, right? So that's so that's that's what I would say is my is my present to uh, at least one of our league members, but to everybody else that's listening, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. It's a Christmas gift. It's a holiday gift. It's it's just how it could you, be a New Year's resolution for them. You can however you want to phrase it. You give and you give. I do what I can. <laughs> All right, my second resolution is don't don't get too cute at your rookie draft. Why am I saying this? Just personal personal experience here. This past summer comes time for our rookie draft. I started with pick number four. I wanted Dalton Kincaid there. I thought I could get Kincaid later, so I traded down. And How far did you trade back? I traded back one spot. Really? You I went, went from, from four, four to, to five. five. That's what got me digs. I mean, it was a okay. dig, digs okay. on an expiring contract. And then so the I, person who you traded with is who selected Kincaid. Yes. Because he listens to our podcast. I think so. His name is Farhan. <laughs> I think, so. I think I'll, I, we always kind of kid around that nobody in our league listens to us. And then like everybody. No, I'm pretty sure, certain that, that several of them do. After this year's rookie draft, for sure. There's, that's what there's, I was just going to say. There's a couple people that, that I know do. And, I was like, and, uh, man, they were following our advice or, <laughs> or at least had the same thinking. Right. Wow. Okay, so I traded down from four to five. I missed out on Kincaid. So now I'm, I pivot to Zay Flowers. Zay mm, Flowers is my next Zay Flowers. Love Zay love Flowers. Zay Flowers. But I'm like, I don't need to spend pick five on him because like JSN was still out there. There was, another, I think, Addison or there was there were a few other people that I knew would go before Flowers. So I traded down again. Uh and you knew that they'd go before flowers. I, I I really had a strong feeling they okay. would, and actually two people did go before flowers. So right. had I traded down uh, only to seven, I would have gotten them. But bottom line is, I traded down. I didn't get Zay Flowers. So next up, Sam Laporta is on my list. Oh, for sure, that's too high to take Sam Laporta, right? <laughs> well, exactly. I'm like, I don't have to spend the number nine pick on. Uh, on Sam Laporta, I, I'm going to trade down again. Mm. <laughs> and so I, I didn't get Sam Laporta. I lost out on him. So He went a little early, earlier than expected. He did. To somebody who listens to our podcast. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so my lesson, I am never doing that again. Well, I think, I think maybe, I don't know if that's 100% true. I think if, if you're out there, and you don't host a podcast where you tell everybody who you like, then you might be able to play this game a little more successfully than than you and I. Like I have, since we started doing this, I have moved down like, but only the number of spots to where I am guaranteed to get one of you know, like I yeah. or I've moved up to make sure that I got the guy that I loved, like Tank Dell. Because the person I was trading with, I'm like, it'd be a coin flip if that person takes Tank Dell. Why would I subject my fate to a coin flip? So, so the move down move, like, you know, it 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 might be okay. But if you really 
don't overthink it. If you love the guy, you just take, take him. You take the guy. Yep. That's that's really the lesson I'm talking about here. Because I had three guys I really liked. You just gotta. <laughs> Who'd you, you end got, up with? Who you who, gotta, who'd you finally end up with? Because I think it was actually decent. Well, I so I traded down far enough. I picked up a first rounder for this coming year. I traded down far enough. Uh, in the second round, to uh, I took Devani Achan. Yeah, I've heard of there. him before. Yep. He, yeah, which which I'm very happy yeah, about. Of course, yeah. it, it turned out okay. Uh, and and with another, and you got him cheaper. Another second rounder I uh, acquired in in trading down. I picked up Jaden Reed. So yeah. I'm That's happy with two both wins. of those players. Two it, wins. It is. It's still just a little bit of me. Just <laughs> when I see Zay Flowers do anything, it's just kind of like ah. Oh. You know, as a, as a, it, we don't know today whether Zay Flowers is going to be a better fantasy football player we don't. than Jaden. We don't. We don't know that. No. All right. Uh, am I on to my second one? My second yes. one is, you know, it's really nice to for me. I, I every year, I I I get frustrated, um, in the auction in our free agent auction, like our big off season auction. Um, because there are no deals. There are, I mean, there are very few bargains to be found there. I mean, players get overpriced, and like I'd rather just not participate in that. And so I pretty much finish my roster with trades and whatnot. I'm pretty much maxed out. And um, the end result is is that I, I'm fairly invested in the players that I've decided to keep or I've acquired or whatever. So the problem with that is you don't have any leeway. So my resolution is to save a roster spot. You don't have to like leave the auction with an empty roster spot. That would be crazy. Don't do that. But also you don't need to actually just get things just so, so your roster is complete. Because if you do that, what you're missing out on is the turnover, the thing that the, the the thing that happens every year that some players shoot up and some players don't, and that you might have a chance to, to eat. maybe you get lucky um, at the auction, or maybe you are not committed to something because you just picked up something in the auction and you see something in the first week of free agency during the season and you're like, oh, no, no, no. I, I'd like to play around with that one, right? So... Um, this year, what I look at is like Pukunakua. Now, he was drafted in our league. He wasn't out there. Um, but most leagues, he was not. At least... He was not drafted. Yeah, I think he was undrafted in most leagues. And so, if you were sitting out there um, after week one, I would want to have a roster spot that I felt that I could acquire, take a shot on a, on a Pukunakua. Or, you know, there's other ones. You're, you're going to talk later about Kyron Williams. That's another one, right? Some of these guys that, that maybe were out there that you could have played with. So for me, I feel like, um, you know, getting that, uh, getting that guy early when people aren't sure of what to make of that player. Because, like, no one knew after week one that Puka Nakua was going to have a record-setting year. Right. So... But like, it's like buying a lottery ticket, and and I kind of feel like every year I want to have at least one lottery ticket, and maybe they pan out, maybe they don't. And there's a lot of there are a lot of things that are like depth pieces. Like, oh, I'm really, I'm really happy with my 
fifth running back or my, whatever it is, my sixth, my sixth wide receiver. But the truth of the matter is, is I think sometimes it's more valuable to have that. So I think that if your roster, like mine was filled, if it's filled with guys that have value at good salaries or whatnot, maybe consider consolidating some of that depth and freeing up something that you can play with. That's all. All right, my last resolution. This this flies a little bit in the face of one of yours, Sean, but not not totally. You were talking about not overspending on free agents, and I fully support that. Um, I I would suggest I resolve to go strong early in free agency, like during the season free agency. So when I'm at an auction in the off season, there's the cold room theory which mm-hmm. i as- ascribe to subscribe to i think it could be either um where i think some of those early guys you tend to get bargains at them because people are a little bit they've got a list of guys they want they want to save a little money for some of them sometimes so i think it's good to underspend in in the free agent auction in the off season during free agency during the season go strong right away especially guys that um, if they're young guys who are getting hyped up in preseason and mini camps, and then they show something on the field, uh, those are guys that I would go after. Don't overspend. You're going to have to sign them for a long time, but go get them. Uh, an example this year, you just talked about Puka. He was getting buzz in preseason. He comes out in week one and gets 15 targets, 119 yards. Go get them. Uh, Kyron I think Williams. people were cool on that because they're like, oh, well, when Cooper Cup comes back, yeah. he's... But the thing is that that speculation is speculation. It's a guess. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if Cooper... We, as Cooper didn't come back for a long time, and when he came back, Puka was still good. Yeah. Yep, so. exactly. And I had the same... I, I didn't go after Puka in... Uh, well, I had a trade offered to me, and I, that was my reasoning for not accepting it. This was in one of my redraft leagues. Mm. And I'm just like, eh, Cooper's coming back. Cooper Cup. I'm not really all that interested. Well, I probably should have been. Um, and then the, earlier this season, you know, Kyron Williams and Raheem Mostert were both free agents after week one in our league. Uh Maybe don't break the bank for Kyron Williams because he's younger, and if he does pan out, you're going to want to sign him. But Raheem Mostert, he's 31 years old. Like, if you have the money... And you need the spot. Yeah, just go for it. Go get him. I feel like I'm a little hesitant in week one, and I don't think I should do that going forward. Um, I think you what you bring... I think it's good advice, obviously. I think um, the, 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 the place where I think... Well, you said, well, it flies in the face of what I said. It doesn't really, though, because you, if you do know where your team is at, they'll help guide you. Like, Karen Williams, you said he's young, so that actually you'd think pe- the instinct people have is to spend more for him. Like, up to a point. You have to, like, envision what is the best this player could end up being worth, and am I willing to let him go now, I think he was better than probably everybody thought the best yeah. case scenario was. Yeah. And you can't you can't beat yourself up for not predicting that. Like I feel like you and I both liked Kyron Williams. We talked about it last year. Um he 
didn't show that last year Mm -hmm. and he was hurt all the time and there's a lot of question marks about that offense this year so you know even people who i think were in on kyron williams um were maybe not fully in belief of the season that he was happening that he was happening i'm not sure that's actually (laughs) that he was english me fail english (laughs) that's impossible um so i think uh so you can't you can't look at like really outliery situations and say I should have predicted this thing, but ultimately I think you can still look at Kyron and think, okay, well, what if he ends up being the main guy on that team um, and has a pretty good season? What's he worth to me, and what I, what I want to keep him? And you know, I think the question I think he's going to be a really interesting player, especially in redraft leagues next year. Is there's going to be a lot of people who are going to he had such a good year. They're going to say, "Do I draft him like in the first round or the second round?" Yeah. Uh, and, and and I can't imagine him falling out of the second round. Right. At the same time, I think he was an NFL fourth rounder. So it's a little bit like, you know, how different is he than? Um, I'm just trying. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on. I had him on my team for a hot minute. Um, the running back from Miami that ended up being like four stringer there. It doesn't matter. Jeff Wilson? Or... No, no, no. Okay. A couple years ago. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. He's out of Washington. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, maybe we'll come to you while I'm talking. The point of the matter is is, is, uh, is there? you have to, again, this goes back to, this, this is going to go to what my next thing is, is you got to figure out, is there a reason why I like this player? Um. If you if you are just reacting to a box score, you you're never going to evaluate what you should spend on a guy properly, right? But if you look at Karen Williams and my take on him when we did profile him was that he had really really exceptional contact balance. He didn't have deep speed. You don't need that to be good in the NFL. Like it helps, but if you have great contact balance and okay speed. You can be Kareem Hunt, and you can be a great player in the in the NFL for years. So if you if you see that and you think, okay, well, that player ends up getting a starting job, I want a salary that I can uh, that I can re-sign him for. Right. Then then now you've got a potentially an asset that's worth something for several years, not just this year. If you're contending, you might not care. You might go all in, and you might do what you're saying and you might say i just need another running back and so i will spend money that i can't keep him because I, my goal is to win it this year yeah uh the miami running back you're trying to think of is miles gaskin thank you you're thank welcome. you thank you thank you thank you all right are we, are we on to my last one we are yeah the last one overall so this is a this can you can tie in uh, tie in kyron williams in this one this, this is believe in your talent evaluations and stick with them if you can and the corollary to that is know why you like a guy and why you don't like a guy. So if your answer is, why do you like this guy? Why do you not like this guy? Uh, because Matt Harmon, that's reception perception, Garrett Price from Dynasty Nerds, Christopher Harris, or even Sean McGuire. <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's one of these people likes this person, so I like this person. Did 
did you just put yourself on a Mount Rushmore of fantasy <laughs> analysts? I'm not sure that that would be the Mount Rushmore. That might be the Mount Rushmore of my favorites, my personal favorites. Okay. Um, but if, if the point of matters, if you if you say, "Wow, that actually is, that's a little harsh," because I'm looking right at you. You could you, you could substitute me for you. That's fine. Mount Rushmore. I think I came to Mount Rushmore. I would put you over Chris, Christopher Harris. Oh, wow. I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the Mount Rushmore question. You threw it that way, and then now that makes me seem like an a-hole. Anyway, <laughs> I'm right here. Um, anyway, the point is, if that's the reason, if that's if I like this guy, oh, so-and-so, Matt Harmon likes this guy, so I, I like this guy. That, to me, is, that, that can get you through a rookie draft, but it can't get you through a player's career. Um, so I always say, like, use professional evaluations for a, as a basis for understanding a player's potential strengths and weaknesses, and then use productivity to, to like, measure how you look at that, how that changes over time. Productivity and metrics, too? I don't know what you mean by metrics. Like, like uh, maybe... a. A player is not getting much of a chance on a team. He's not necessarily producing for fantasy, but he's got the fourth right. most yards after contact. Or, or so, yeah, 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 all of that. Like yeah. you can you can look at all of that that data. And actually, I would encourage people to do that. I just mean look at what they're doing and measure it against what you thought they might do, um, and the type of player you expect them to be. That I think will help you. Um, figure out whether or not you should continue to be high or low on a player or whether you need to change your 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 tune if you need to change your tune whether you need to trade for a player that you previously didn't like or whether you need to get rid of a player that you previously liked and and I I haven't looked at your notes but a guy mm. that jumps to mind for you from your team is Nico Collins who he will come up okay he's coming up <laughs> he's but, coming up but cuz like you You've had him on your team for years, and you have talked about him several times on the podcast. And my my kind of reaction to it has been like, "Come on, McGuire! Come on, McGuire! He's, he's, this isn't going to happen for him." Yeah. And then he has this this really nice year this year. So. So yeah. So I had the reasons why I liked him, and I'll, I'll talk about that later. So there's two players from last year's class that I I would say I was an outlier in terms of liking them. And I'm not saying an outlier with you. I'm just saying an outlier with like the larger community. Mm-hmm. The first one I'm going to talk about is Tank Dell, right? Uh, I really love Tank Dell. I think you really like Tank Dell. I did. And um, so now you look, you look at back on it, and you think, well, his size didn't hurt his production, especially when he was paired up with a ball placement specialist like the quarterback Tim Kennedy told you to get. Uh, and you know, at the same time, so the, the second question was like situational. Nico actually really did emerge. He had a fabulous season. I think he had like 1200 some yards this year. Um, so we still don't know how that's going to be divvied up, but I am confident enough in, in Stroud to think that, that the, the, um, that there'll be enough for both of these players. So ultimately I, you know, I'm just looking at that as a player that I liked. I looked at what I expected from him. What did I see? The, the quickness was real. Oh, yeah. The route running was real. The hands, all of it. Everything yeah. you thought you saw, you, you it played out. So 
um, the uh, uh, another player that I was, I think, unusually high on, um, and this one I feel like it was maybe more me than you, but I think you liked him too, but maybe not as much as I, I did. I list, you're, you're one of my favorite analysts, mm. and so uh, I take what you have to say to heart. So he he did move up for me uh, based on your Should we say who it is? analysis. Yes. <laughs> it's John Mingo. Yeah. Um, but yes, you were definitely higher on him higher, than me. Yeah. So looking back at at it, um, he didn't do anything to flash. Like I didn't see something. I'm like, mm, that's. I mean, maybe he had like a preseason catch where he ran over a couple of dudes. Um, but this was an offense that was especially bad. Like maybe among the most painful to watch offenses I've ever seen. Um, I just think that organization is such a mess right now. It is. And so that makes me nervous for Mango. I don't know where you're going with this, but makes me nervous for Mango. For I I wonder how much that impacted Bryce Young this year. Uh, I mean, I think I think Bryce Young was impacted by that, but also honestly just the Bryce Young. So he doesn't look right. Like mm-hmm. he might I'm not saying I'm 100% out. I'm just 90% out. So he didn't really have, but Mingo didn't really have opportunities to to shine or not shine. And so I started thinking about like, who else has kind of been like this great athlete who looked like he might have some potential, at least, and I think I look at two prior guys and I think of Denzel Mims. Didn't pan out. Um, also on a bad team with bad quarterbacking. But Nico Collins is another analogy, and and I'm going to bring him up because I think that he had he was a he basically started most of most of the time for Houston as a rookie. He had very similar numbers. He had very similar production in terms of yardage. Um, they didn't both players between Mingo and and uh, uh, Nico. Um, didn't look like they were winning. Their, their win rate was pretty low, um, but also had epically bad quarterbacking where like their, for example, I think their um, quality target rate is like, was in for both of them is like in the nineties or close to a hundred, hundredth in the league as for wide receivers. It's just, they just, if you actually compare them analytically, they're almost exactly the same. Now, I suspect that's true for all sorts of bad receivers too. So the question is, is can Mingo become Nico? And for me, the answer is maybe like, like, can I just ask you something before I don't want to derail you, but you brought up Denzel Mims in the same conversation with these guys and he's a, he's a bust. Yes. So <laughs> there's what, still a chance. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's a bust. So I was one, just wondering Actually, why. I had to look up where he is. Where is he? He's in Pittsburgh. Okay. So I was just wondering, like, uh, including him in this conversation, I, I maybe missed the connection. On, why did I bring him up? Yeah. with, with Because like, I don't know the answer. The answer is I, I well, can't. You still, you still think he might. Who, a Mims? Break out, yeah. Zero percent chance. Okay. Zero point zero one. Sure. The point is, is Mims, uh, the things that you th- thought were problematic, you could see pretty early on were playing out to be problematic. The things with Mingo 
is I actually don't think I have enough information yet. So what do I have? Then I have my original talent evaluation. And I'm saying is, I think I'm going to stick with that talent evaluation because I still think that if the situation there changes, he still has as a superior athlete and um, pretty good route runner in terms of being able to actually physically do things that good route runners do at that size. So uh, that he, he is showing what Nico Collins showed. So it might be a couple of years before we get another quarterback you be there. Patient. You got to be patient, but that's kind of, that's kind of the lesson I have for this is, is ultimately I made an evaluation. If I saw something that said, okay, what I thought he was going to be good at, I'm not seeing. And so, uh, then, I, then I'd be say, saying, get off of him. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce young, I think I had him as my top rated quarterback this year. I'm already off of Bryce Young because what I'm seeing is that maybe his size is a bigger hindrance than I expected it to be. And I think Richardson is was both of our QB one. I think he might have been. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fancy. Yes, you're right. Yeah. He was. I forgot. I forgot about him because he hasn't played because in a while. he hasn't played. But don't forget about Richardson. So and then and then so then. Uh, how this plays out for me in terms of my own personal regrets and my resolutions is probably Isaiah likely. I really liked Isaiah likely. I couldn't find a way to keeping him, keeping him on my roster. I tried trading him. Nobody saw what I saw. So like, do I, do I hold on to him as with this contending roster, this sucking up a, a, a roster spot that I couldn't do anything with and ultimately I let him go. And the person I tried to trade him to, Signed him up, swooped picked him in. up, swooped in for 17 and a half times the salary that I offered him at. So he's not going to be keepable, right? Wow. All he had to do is, you know, throw me a draft pick. Hmm. I would have I would have let go of him, and, and we both would have felt good about it. Well, so you'll have your chance to get him back then. That's true. <laughs> Silver linings. All right. That's going to do it for resolutions. We will be back. You probably have noticed our schedule has been a little erratic here in the uh, – during the season, postseason here. Um, but what we have coming up for you, the Senior Bowl takes place, I think, kind of relatively early in February. So we uh, usually end up doing a Senior Bowl uh, reaction episode. We'll be getting into rookies shortly after that, uh, doing rookie evaluations and film work. Watching. What about... Are we going to do a reckoning? Yeah, that's another thing I was going to put out there. We'll we'll get our 2023 reckoning episode. That one's really labor intensive, so uh, I have to go. It's not like you didn't have the entire winter break <laughs> off, Tim. But I can't, I, I can't, did, I can't tease him too much because I literally do nothing with it. I other did than laugh. I did do some work on uh, on the reckoning over winter break, but <laughs> it is not ready to go. Uh, but that's a fun episode. I, I have to comb through hours and hours of audio. Uh, to find what the nuggets are because yeah. you don't even just do like our best takes or our worst takes it's usually just our funniest takes well that's the thing I, it, it, I try to combine either a really good take or a really bad take if you remember something that we did that and, was noteworthy please message us and then I try to take those good and bad takes and combine them with where they delivered with something that was amazing Panache. yeah yeah 
like for instance that led to our frog leg uh dinner last year because i i had i i think it was about matt maybe matt stafford did you say did, did it, i'll start with you saying you eat a frog or did i say that you you are the original uh i've never had i've never had frog. to eat a frog you've never had to eat a frog i did have to eat I, I taunted you into eating a frog <laughs> which was not too bad it was all right it was yeah. fine it's yeah. like fishy chicken if you if you oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you since i've been with you on both these occasions if you had to choose one uh-huh. frog legs or rocky mountain oysters uh which are not oysters i mean the way the frog legs were prepared i really did enjoy them uh, it was a fancier restaurant. It was a fancier restaurant. The Rocky Mountain oysters that I had, it just tasted like a piece of fried, fried. whatever. Yeah, just so, tastes like fried. Yeah, it just tasted fried. So, Anyway, we're, uh, we're getting off the rails. I will just bid you adieu, champ. I will bid the thieves adieu. And uh, we will be back shortly, and we look forward to that. And until then, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.